Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician Dr. Robert Jackson, his wife Carlotta, and their daughter Hannah Miller, this program will help you understand that human beings are more than just physiology, that for people there's more than just diagnosis and treatment, and that in life there's more than just medicine for a cure. This is More Than Medicine, and the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine with Carlotta Jackson, just a little bit, and with my husband, Dr. Robert Jackson. Today, I just thought I would ask Robert a question. On the spur of the moment, before he began his message on Joseph the Dreamer, God the Sovereign, which he's continuing, I believe this is the fourth week, and I, we, of course, we went to the March in Washington, or walk, prayer walk, last Saturday. We had mentioned it in last week's broadcast. And I asked him, what was your takeaway from the, our presence, from being at the March or walk Saturday? And then he said, well, what was your takeaway? So I think I'll share my takeaway. It was just, it was good to be there. I was encouraged. It was good to see so many people. I sometimes think that in my little bubble here in my home and in my community that there are just a few of us believers who are concerned about our country and who are praying. And yet when I looked out upon the sea of people who were there, tens of thousands, I have yet to see a number that were actually there. Nobody's guesstimating, I guess. But I realized I'm not the only Christian in the world. I am not like uh, the prophet Elijah who thought he was all alone in the world. There are others, and they care about our country just like I do, and just like my husband does, and the people who are with us. And it also... My takeaway has to do with the fact that, like, just like when I go to church on Sunday mornings, you know, I can pray at home. I can read my Bible at home. I didn't have to go to Washington to pray. But I think it's good for me to be at church, to be in Washington, to see people who love Jesus. It's encouraging to me. And to know that just like me, they have gone through difficulties in life, some more tragic difficulties than I have gone through, some less. But we are all still trusting in Jesus. And just like my dad said shortly before he passed away, nothing can shake his faith. And I'd like to say that nothing can shake my faith. Although sometimes I have trembled in the wind at life's vagaries. But just looking at all those people who may have trembled a little bit, still they are trusting in God, our Sovereign Lord. And I, I love the lessons Robert has been doing because Joseph certainly had difficulties in his life. But God was sovereign in Joseph's life. And even though he could not see the end, he trusted along the way. And that's what God calls us to do, to trust along the way, despite the fact that we cannot see who's going to be president in a month. We cannot see what's going to happen to America in 10 years, but we can trust God along the way. 
Well, you asked me what was my takeaway, and I I suppose that it was uh, a blessing to me that see that somewhere between 100 and 200,000 folks were willing to sacrifice whatever they had planned that weekend to come and confess their sin, confess the sin of the nation, and repent of sin, and to cry out to the Lord on behalf of our nation. Uh, I was encouraged that there were so many people that shared our concern for the plight of our nation at this junction in the life of our nation. And I was encouraged that so many people were willing to invest three to four hours on a Saturday afternoon to pray uh, for the for the life of our nation, for the spiritual well-being of our nation. And I was encouraged to see dozens and sometimes hundreds of people gathered in one spot in front of the White House or the Washington Memorial or the World War II Memorial or the Supreme Court building or the Capitol building, praying for our military, praying for our president, praying for our legislators, praying for the Supreme Court, praying for our police, praying for racial unity. There were so many things that we prayed for 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 literally hours on Saturday afternoon. And I cannot help but believe that God, who loves us, will hear and answer and will heal our land. Uh, God's not obliged to do any of those things because of the the sin of our nation. But we cried out to the Lord that He would have mercy in the face of the severe wrath and judgment that we deserve. I was honored to be there. I was honored to be a part of so many people who love the Lord and who love our nation. Who knows what will come of it, but I... I'm just trusting God that He would hear us and that He would heal our land, and I was honored to be a part of it all. We weren't all the same in color and denomination, and I'm quite sure that we were not all the same in doctrine, but we were there because we love America, because we love the Lord, and... We were all unified that day in our desire to see revival, spiritual awakening come in our nation, and that was a beautiful thing. It was a sweet, sweet time. It was. So, Robert, let's move on. You have been doing some lessons on Joseph, and I am seeing that you are going to talk about the pit of despair. And, of course, Joseph had some... Well, he was in a pit. That's right. But, um, anyway, it was a very difficult time for Joseph, and today's, God rescued Today's him. lesson is Genesis 39, verses 19 to 23. Of course, this is the time when Joseph was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and ended up being thrown into prison. And our lesson today is entitled, In the Prison of Despair. So, let's read these verses in Genesis 39, starting with verse 19. Now it came about when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, that his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him, 
and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. And the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail, so that whatever was done in there, he was responsible for it. Now, let's remember Joseph's circumstance. He had been falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He had been thrown into prison by a very angry Potiphar, who was the captain of Pharaoh's bodyguard. But the Bible says that the sovereign Lord was with Joseph. No doubt Joseph was in despair. He had been sold into slavery by his brothers. He had been purchased as a slave by Potiphar. Subsequently, he was elevated by Potiphar to the chief steward in his household. But then he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. And now he was in a foreign country in a foreign prison. There was no embassy to which he could telephone and say, I am in trouble here in a foreign country. There was no legal representation for him because he was a slave. There was no consulate to which he might call. Joseph was a slave. He had no legal status nor value. He could have stayed there in that prison until he died. Prisoners in foreign countries in that time often starved to death unless a family member or a friend brought them food and clothing. Imagine Joseph's despair since he had no family in Egypt. He had no connections in Egypt except the sovereign God, the sovereign Lord who had a plan for Joseph's life. Joseph was not alone. He was not abandoned. He may have felt like he was all alone and like he had been abandoned in a foreign country, in a foreign prison. But was he really alone? No, of course not. Because the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. Do you understand how powerful those few words are? The Lord who sits on the throne of the universe with heaven as his throne and earth as his footstool was with Joseph. The Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth and all that therein is was with Joseph. The Lord who delved out the valleys and piled up the mountains, who directs the rivers in their course as they rush to the sea, was with Joseph. The Lord who makes the sun to rise in the east in the morning and set in the west in the evening, and whose name is to be praised from the rising of the sun until the setting again thereof was with Joseph. The Lord who flung the stars into the immense silent sky and said, that's good. And nobody said a word because there was no one there to say anything. That same God was with Joseph.
the Lord who knows the end from the beginning, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, was with Joseph in the prison. The Lord who is awesome in power, working wonders, and is full of loving kindness and tender mercy, was with Joseph. This all-powerful, all-knowing God was with Joseph when his brothers threw him in the tar pit, when he was sold as a slave to Potiphar, and now when he is falsely accused and thrown into prison. No matter how discouraged or depressed or confused Joseph may have become, God was with him and God had a plan for Joseph's life. Now, brothers and sisters, the same is true for you and me. No matter how discouraging or depressing your life situation, God is with you. I submit to you that the devil has a plot to destroy your life, but God has a plan to give you abundant life even in the midst of distressing circumstances. Do you remember when Paul wrote in the book of Philippians? He wrote from prison saying, I have learned in whatever circumstances I find myself therewith to be content. Did you catch that word? He said content. Now listen, I met a man last week who spent 45 years years in the prison system in South Carolina after he shot and killed a man when he was 20 years old in Orangeburg, South Carolina. He became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ after 25 years in prison. After he became a believer, he became a teacher, instructing other prisoners in math, in computer science, in legal manners, and in the Bible. He found purpose and contentment in serving others. The devil had a plot to destroy his life, but God had a plan. My just-released friend said, The devil in me had stolen killed, and destroyed, literally, and landed me in prison for life. God's plan included redemption and forgiveness. He gave me a purpose to serve others in prison and peace in my heart. I told the parole board the last time they met with me that whether they released me or not, I was content in serving the Lord and serving others in the prison, even if I had to stay there for the rest of my life. If they released me, I would do the same thing on the outside because, you see, that was God's plan for my life. How about you, dear listener? Have you reached a place in your relationship with Jesus Christ that you are content that you're at peace no matter what your circumstances? Are you committed to serving the Lord and serving others even if your life situation never changes? 
even if your living conditions never change, even if your spouse never gets saved or never matures in the Lord, even if your job never changes or ever gets better, even if you feel imprisoned by your life circumstances. My new friend was in prison for life, but he found Jesus in solitary confinement after 25 years of prison life. He still had to serve 20 more years in prison after he became a believer. Nothing changed about that. What changed was his heart and his attitude. He now had a purpose for living, and he had peace in his heart, both of which were provided by the Prince of Peace, who is available to you and to me. Wherever we are, the same Sovereign Lord who was with my new friend in a South Carolina prison for 45 years was with Joseph in a prison in Egypt and is also with you wherever you are. He knows you. He loves you. He forgives your sin when you repent and He gives you purpose for life and peace in your heart. The Lord extended kindness to him even though he was in prison. Now I'm talking about Joseph all over again. The Lord extended kindness to Joseph even though he was in prison and the public perception of Joseph was terribly negative. God extended kindness to Joseph. The Bible tells us that our God is full of loving kindness and tender mercy. He does not deal with us according to our sin, but according to His loving kindness. More than that, He removes our sin from before us as far as the east is from the west. More than that, Isaiah tells us that He remembers our sins against us no more. Now, what exactly does that mean? It means that God agrees not to bring our sin up against us any longer. It means that He doesn't keep a ledger book against us. There's not a heavenly ledger where God keeps a record of your and my sin any longer. That ledger is wiped clean by the blood of the Lamb. Please understand, it is the kindness and the goodness of God that leads you and me to repentance. Our natural inclination is to run away from God, to run away from Him as far and as fast as we can. If we follow our lower nature inclination, none of us would move in the direction of God. None of us would repent from our sin we would all run away from God as far as we can. The Bible tells us that there is none righteous. No, not one. There is nothing good in any one of us. If left to our own devices and our own desires, we would never seek God or repent of sin, except for God's goodness that draws us to Himself and leads us to repentance. The same good God who extended kindness to Joseph 
extends kindness to you and me. If you have never confessed your sinful rebellion to God, please do so today, that times of refreshing may come from the hand of the Lord, that times of refreshing may come to you from the hand of the Lord. May I encourage you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your only Savior, that you might be born spiritually into the family of God and acquire the life of God. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. And Jesus proved the truthfulness of that claim by the resurrection from the dead. He was declared with great power to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. And I would challenge you, brothers and sisters, I would challenge you, friend, listener, to commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept Him into your heart and invite Him to be the Lord of your life. Now, let's look again at our Scripture. And the Bible tells us that God extended kindness to, jo to Joseph, and more than that, He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. And the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail, so that whatever was done there, Joseph was responsible for it. It sounds like the exact same circumstance as what happened in Potiphar's house. Joseph rose to be completely in charge of, of Potiphar's house. He became the chief steward in Potiphar's house. And the Bible says that whatever Joseph put his hand to, God blessed it. And the same scenario played itself out in the prison because God was with Joseph. And he extended kindness and favor to Joseph. And the chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because what? The Lord was with him. Do you understand how powerful those words are that the Lord was with him? That particular phrase is played out over and over throughout the scripture. The Bible says that the Lord was with Moses. The Bible tells us that the Lord was with Joshua. The Bible tells us that the Lord was with Gideon. The Bible tells us that the Lord was with Samuel. And the Lord was with David. Over and over in the scripture, that phrase, the Lord was with, occurs repeatedly. And I submit to you that God can be with you and me, when we commit our lives to the Heavenly Father and we are born again into the kingdom of God, our lives become a temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul told the Corinthians, what, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your mind and in your body. So you see, brothers and sisters, when we are born again into the family of God, we become a temple of the Holy Spirit. We no longer belong to ourselves. We belong to God, and God is with us. He lives in us. 
We are a temple of the Holy Ghost who lives in us. And everywhere we go, the Spirit of God is with us. And everything that we touch is touched by the Holy Spirit. King Midas in uh, mythology was a man who everything that he touched turned to gold. You and I are filled with the Holy Ghost. And everything that we touch is touched by the Holy Spirit because God is with us. Now, Joseph was a man whom the Bible says that God was with him and that God showed him favor. And because of that, he found favor in the eyes first of Potiphar and then of the chief jailer. And the jailer did not have to supervise anything that was under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever Joseph did, the Lord made to prosper. Now, pay close attention. I have lots of patients who come to see me who are God-fearing, right-thinking patients who live by biblical principles of life. They're not famous. They don't have notoriety. But God prospers their lives because they live by biblical principles. They work hard. They save their money. They give a tithe to the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't spend their money on cigarettes or alcohol or illicit drugs. They don't gamble. They invest in their families. They provide for their wife and their children. They put their money in the bank and they invest it or they save it. And by the time they're 55 to 60 years old, many of my patients are independently wealthy. And they don't have to rely on the government or anyone else to take care of them. Why? Because they live their lives by biblical principles of life. Compare that to uh, many of my other patients who spend all their money on alcohol, cigarettes, and drugs, and they gamble, and they live uh, a profligate lifestyle. And they never have anything to show for all of their labor. And I look around at their life and I compare it to my Christian patients who live by biblical principles, and the contrast is amazing. And I realize that the hand of the Lord is with my Christian parents, my sorry, my Christian patients who live by biblical principles. God extends His kindness to them. God extends His favor to them. And the hand of the Lord is with them. And that whatever they do prospers. The Lord makes them to prosper in the same way that he made Joseph to prosper. And that's been true through all of time in history. That people who live by biblical principles of life, God makes them to prosper. In the same way that he made Joseph to prosper. And I challenge you, listener, order your life by biblical principles knowing that the Spirit of God lives in you, and I trust that over time, you will look back and you will be able to say, like Joseph, that God has been with you, and that God has shown you favor, and the Lord has made you to prosper. Now, in the next few weeks, we will continue to talk about Joseph the dreamer. We will continue to talk about the fact that God is sovereign in his life, that the devil had a plot, 
but God had a plan. Thank you for listening to today's edition of More Than Medicine. You can follow Jackson Family Ministry on Facebook, Instagram, and on their website. Be sure to contact them via jacksonfamilyministry at gmail.com for speaking engagements and for book information. Join us next time for More Than Medicine.